What's up, everybody? This is Keith from the Bronx Lounge. Thanking you for tuning in to today's episode as Cav and I break down all things Yankees baseball and have a great time. Check us out on all social platforms at the Bronx Lounge for daily Yankee content and to join the awesome community we hope to build. We hope you enjoy this episode just as much as we enjoy making it. And without further ado, sit back, relax, and let's talk some Yankees in the Bronx Lounge. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Yankees and Mets split a series at City Field. I kind of feel like for both teams, that was kind of what you were looking for coming into the series, not the way to watch it play out. Maybe not happy for Yankee fans, for Met fans. Definitely, you know, happy to come out of here with a split. Keith, how we doing? Good morning, Cav. Um, Subway series, you know, you're either coming out of it with the highest expectations for the rest of the year or the lowest. And I don't know, I kind of feel just pretty pretty even between the two. Um, Game one, we came out. Uh, after the rough start from Seve and we came out, offense finally showed up, and then game two just went the other way around where the offense didn't show up, and then the Mets figured their way, ways out and came back. Um, but this weekend, you had to at least split. You know, it was it would have been it would have been detrimental, especially with the way the Mets have been playing. It would have been really bad if you if you lost two. But um, to split uh, and put the numbers up that they did in game one at least without guys like Judge and Bader. You know, that's all you could ask for right there. And game two was just a slip away, you know. It's going to happen with the bullpen and whatnot. But, I mean, all you could ask for right there was was you could at least split going into Fenway. So, I mean, good feelings, but at the same time, eh, feelings. Yeah, I mean, they definitely couldn't lose both, and the Mets couldn't lose both either. So, I mean, it was really, you know, I kind of did feel like this was going to end in a two-game sweep. I hate two-game series. I mean, a two-game split. I hate two-game series for that reason because – I mean, you don't really, you know, you see a lot of splits and you don't get, you know, a series winner. But, I mean, these teams, I feel, are kind of, you know, even right now. They're both struggling, you know, mightily. The Mets, you know, more than the Yankees. And, you know, after blowing, you know, the huge lead in game one, you knew the Mets, you know, felt they needed to win last night. And they were able to do that. Before we jump into the games, a little bit of, you know, quick housekeeping. Bader played a rehab game in A Somerset yesterday. Uh, he's going to return um, in the Fenway series. So that's definitely a really good sign, especially after, you know, the center field defensive uh, plays that, you know, there was there was one yesterday that, you know, I want to talk about a little bit, but it is really good to see, you know, that Bader's going to be coming back because that's going to be a huge piece to the lineup, but also to the, you know, the, the defensive outfield. Yeah, we're going to jump on that about how the defense, like you said, it's been, it's been, a lot of missing pieces and Bader coming back. It's going to be huge. Um, you know, we only have one true outfielder right now, and he's been putting up. He's been putting up his quality time, but it's it's time for our big guys to come back. Yeah, and I mean, you know, they're not all going to come back at once, but it, it it is nice, you know, to see one of them come back. Hopefully, you know, he comes back. And last time he came off the IL, he came he came back on fire. So that would be really nice for the offense if he could come back on fire, and then hopefully, yeah. you know, we start to hear you know, some good news from Judge in the coming days. But definitely a good sign. You know, Bader, you know, will be back. And, you know, we won't have to watch, you know, some of the defensive center field play that, we, that we've that seen since he's been gone. 
I think there was also a thing on Rodon. I think he has like a he's pretty close to getting almost to his rehab. Same with he, uh, Hamilton. Hamilton's pretty much in rehab right now, but I think Rodon. We're getting some pretty good updates on him. And that you know, it's crazy that we signed him to that five-year huge deal in the offseason. We haven't seen him yet, so. I mean, I know everybody talks about it, and, and you know, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it more when you know he's actually there. But that that is you know a very good sign to, um, you know, get that you know the other big guy in the rotation, you know, back in there. So it's not just Cole and the rest right now. Especially how Sebi's pitching. Let's get into game one. Exactly. So game one, it, it was a fun game to watch. Um, you know, definitely, you know, an exciting game from from a Yankees fan standpoint because you know the offense was able to string together hits off of Mad Max and you know, and come back. But the biggest thing about the beginning of that game was once again, Seve with the blow up. He gives up, you know, Stan Homers off of Scherzer in the first inning. You're up one nothing already. You're, you know, you're feeling good. Okay, you know, you need to shut down first inning, you know, get it back to the offense, you know, with an early, you know, lead. And obviously, you know, a one nothing lead is most likely not going to do it. But, you know, second pitch of his outing, Nimmo takes him deep to center. And just like that, we're back to being tied. And right after the homer to Nemo, he gives up, you know, two walks and then a Brett Beatty RBI single. And, you know, Stan hits a homer. You're feeling good in the top of the first. As the bottom of the first ends, you're down, you know, two to one already. Um, you know, once again, you know, he, he had a hard time finding the strikes on this one. He had a lot of, uh, you know, three walks. But two of those, you know, those two big walks in the first inning led to the Beatty single. And then, you know, some, some weaker contact. McNeil, you know, with a two-run single. I mean, just not a great, just again, not a good outing. Goes, you know, goes four and two thirds with five earned, walks three, and does strike out four, but another five earned for Seve. Yeah, another game, because <clears throat> uh, the first pitch, or like first or second pitch of, the, of his outing against Nimmo, you know, fastball that gets crushed again. It's the fastball that's the problem. It's still sitting around 94, 95, even if, you, if, if he touches 96. So it's still. Either he's still figuring something out, or I don't know what it is, but he's just, he's looked really, really bad, and it's all you can really just, like, we have fan, we have the Red Sox, we have Red Sox coming up against, you know, we're, we're dropping up and down in the division. Like, these are some of your biggest games right now, and a guy like Severino not being able to pitch the way he is, it's just, it's unacceptable at this point, because he, like, this is three games now where he's just looked flat out bad. Yeah, and the biggest thing is he's letting people, you know, on base. He's got a one four eight whip right now on the season, and he's got the highest whip on the Yankees besides Greg Weiser, who's only thrown five and a third innings. So he's 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 letting a lot of people get on base. And when you when you put people on and, and ducks are on the pond, you know, even you know light slap hits are, are going to hurt you. I mean, Jeff McNeil's hit was not, you know, you know he didn't barrel it up. It wasn't even a terrible pitch by Seve. But when you're going to put guys on. You know, you're going to lead yourself, you're going to, you know, open yourself up to, you know, being, you know, really hurt by, you know, those 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 small hits. So, you know, again, just, you know, a really, you know, concerning steady start, you know, because now, like you said, we're at three in a row where it just hasn't been there for him. And, you know, <clears throat> and you almost wonder if, you know, what do you think if next star he has, if he if he does almost just as bad or worse, you know, what are we like? Do we is that where we're like, okay, is this like an injury or is he just flat out bad right now? Like, what are we? What are what are our options at that point? Because we can't, we can't, we don't have time to struggle right now. We're literally we're ten games back now. We're almost no, we're nine games back now. 
It's like we can't. We don't have any time to just let these games slip away from us. And uh, you know, thank God for the offense. We would have probably got swept there. <laughs> like you know, like we can't have games like that. Yeah, to be honest with you, I don't think it's an injury because I think they treat Severino with kid gloves kind of like they do the same with Stan. And, you know, Severino made it very clear even a couple of weeks before he came back that he felt ready. And they just continued to push him back. They, they were super extra cautious with him. For me, I don't see how it could be an injury unless it's something that he's not telling the Yankees about. If there's an injury that the Yankees know about, I don't see that, you know, I don't see a world where they let him play through it. So for me, it's just... It's just bad pitching. He, 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 maybe it's something with his mechanics. You know, we've talked about it multiple times on the pod. I mean, you know, he's leaving fastballs right up the middle. The velocity is slightly down. And in this game, we saw some control problems. So, you know, I don't know exactly what it is from a pitching standpoint, but I would lean away from the side of injury just because I think the Yankees treat that guy with kid gloves because he is always hurt. No, yeah, definitely. I wasn't uh, – not that – it just maybe it was, you know, like a tweak that he's had since coming back from the injury because, like, the shoulder's a big part, you know, and who knows what what factor that could play in. But it's just all we all we need is for him to just figure something out and, you know, crucial series coming up for him to do so. But um, a uh, lot of uh, – on the pitching side, we can kind of skip over to the bullpen. They've been – they were nailed – they were uh, – <clears throat> nothing more you could say about them in game one. Yeah, I, it was it was just – Phenomenal. I mean, Clay. Oh man. Oh man. Of Lindor and Marte in the eight to strand guys. I mean, that was the most pumped I ever was this year by far. Yeah. That was sick. And to be honest with you, I give Boone a lot of credit for how he handled the bullpen in that game because I, I, I know we all love King and Holmes has been you know up and down, you know all year. But I think recently Clay Holmes has been the better guy, you know, over these last couple of weeks and. Boone saw the eighth inning as, you know, the most important inning once a couple guys got on. You know, that was, you know, Marte and Lindor, two of the bigger guys in that lineup. And he felt that, you know, the bottom of the eighth was, you know, more high leverage than the bottom of the ninth. And I hate when, you know, when MLB teams will put a guy in a big situation like that that, you know, is not, you know, good enough to be in that situation because they want to save their best guy for the ninth inning when it might not be as high leverage. I give Boone a lot of credit for going to Holmes there. And, you know, he also does have flexibility because, you know, Michael King is also good enough to go and pitch the ninth. So it's not like, you know, you're totally losing a ton by going to Clay in the eighth and then going to King in the ninth. But I, I thought it was a really smart move, <clears throat> by and it paid off because Clay Holmes looked absolutely filthy and got two huge strikeouts to strand runners and keep the lead in the eighth. Yeah, uh, definitely a big – because Wandy was the one who loaded the bases right there. Um you know, he had, I think it was one base hit and two walks, and, you know, Wandy was just struggling to find the zone. But Clay Holmes, I mean, an absolute dominant force ever since uh, May 6th. He has had, since May 6th, he has had 18 strikeouts, and is, uh, through 17 innings pitch, has only given up one run with uh, with 18 strikeouts. So this most recent stretch for Clay Holmes, he has easily been back to what we got at the deadline in, tw- in 2021. Like, this has been, like... Since last year's deadline, he has been struggling, and then he finally maybe maybe just an adjustment he got himself his, himself into, and he's just been absolutely dominant since. And those were two of the biggest strikeouts you could have. I mean, oh man, those were like at bats that were just you know on the edge of your seat the entire time. And uh, what I mean, that guy just came in with 
balls of steel and just shut the door right there on the Mets. And that that honestly, after that, you knew you knew the game was just you knew the Mets weren't going to answer after that. Like that was just the biggest momentum killer right there. Bases loaded, one out, and you just struck out both. And what I mean, <clears throat> what a performance by Holmes and. You know nothing else you could ask for because he's 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 on his way back to just becoming that <clears throat> solidified closer that we had last year and that we can finally just be comfortable with again. Yeah, I mean you make a great point that that bottom of the eighth and the Mets not being able to score there that is the momentum that's the game and that's that is why I give Boone a lot of credit for doing what he did because the ninth inning wasn't the game there the eighth inning was because the Mets, you know, were able to get a couple guys on. It looked like there was a, that was a big opportunity to tie the game or possibly take the lead, and you killed the momentum there. You bring it to the ninth inning, you know, and, and it wasn't as that was, you know, the momentum had been gone at that point. So, you know, to bring in your best guy in the biggest spot, no matter what inning it is, to me, you know, I give Booney a lot of credit because they don't have, you know, a – a lockdown closer right now. They they trust King in that spot. They trust Clay in that spot. They trust Wandy in that spot. I think at some point, you know, as the year continues go, to go on, they might even trust Kainley in that spot. So, you know, if that is going to be the case and you're not going to have a set closer, you have to bring, you know, your best guys in in the biggest moments. And I think Boone did exactly that. And again, you know, we've talked about it all year. The bullpen has been, for the most part, really, really good. So not even really a you know, a shock, you know, that they come in and shut the door and, and, and don't allow the Mets to, you know, to score anymore. But, you know, you, you can't, you got to continue to bring it up because, I mean, the bullpen is, you know, the bullpen won us this game. I mean, you know, the offense was, was really good, you know, off of, off of Max. But, you know, with the way Sebi pitched, you know, to only go four and two and to not, you know, to for the bullpen to just completely close the door after that, you know, was big. Yeah, they have a 2.71 ERA, which leads the majors by like 0.2 points against Cleveland or something like that. But definitely, uh, you can't go lightly on the uh, <clears throat> on the bullpen. But uh, also something that we can point out this game that we've been finally waiting for was just finally over five runs that we finally we, we scored. We scored runs. This was the this was the one game you needed to score runs, and they did it. So um, you know, and you can. You can shout out guys like Volpe. Um, that's going to be something we're going to dive into a lot. He had a <clears throat> he had a uh, an adjustment with Austin Wells uh, with his batting stance, and it led into uh, three doubles uh, this this series. Yeah, uh, you know, hopefully this is you know an adjustment that you know is going to be good for him long term. I don't want to jump on anything, you know, because no, 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 no. Games, but yeah. it was good to see that. You know, an adjustment is actually is is at least trying to be made, even if it's not the right adjustment, even if it doesn't prove to you know help him too much to to, to see that, you know, him and the Yankees are trying to make adjustments and we're not just running out the same, you know, the same guy every single day. To me, that that's you know I, I'm glad to see that and hopefully hopefully that is the fix. I mean, hopefully, you know, he starts to hit better and like you said, he did have three doubles in this you know in in this series. So, but. I'm just happy to see that, you know, he's actually, you know, trying to make adjustments and we're not just sitting here, you know, letting him, you know, figure himself out. Like, you know, just to see that there are adjustments trying to be made to me is is is, is a good sign. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, just another game where you needed the offense to, to come through. They had 11 hits right there. And I mean, every starter had a hit, actually, four, four for six with runners in scoring position. Um, like literally every guy up and down um, provided, I mean, we can go in dj had a homer again he's been we were talking about it before like personally we were talking about it um dj has 
we're not going to jump the gun on anything, but DJ has almost kind of find, found himself a little bit again. He's been hitting the ball a lot better. Uh, the, the exit velocity off the bat has been tremendously better since his recent struggling stretch. Um, and this was a pretty uplifting series for DJ. I've actually passed a couple series for DJ. Yeah, I mean, it totally has been, and he's so important to this lineup, you know, flexibility, because he is one of, you know, the guys who we rely on for just straight contact. I mean, you know, DJ, we don't we don't look at DJ for homers, even though, you know, he did hit a, you know, a big homer in this series. But he, you know, the, the, the best thing about game one offensively to me was the fact that they strung together hits. It wasn't, you know, they, you know, they got a couple of walks, you know, somebody hit a big home run and, you know, the offense was quiet other than that, but we were able to score some runs. I mean, this was, you know, stringing hits together, and it started with the DJ two-run homer, to, you know, to, to, to cut the lead to two, and then, you know, you just see, you know, back-to-back hits, especially off a guy like Max Scherzer, to see, you know, the lineup do that. I mean, everybody was involved. I mean, Higashioka was involved. You know, Volpe with the RBI double. Jake Bowers continues to knock runs in with, you know, the two-run single, and that one, you know, gave them the 6-5 lead. But the, the biggest thing to me was – you know, that they were able to string hits together and, you know, make, you know, consistently off of Max Scherzer make, you know, solid enough contact to be able to, you know, keep runners on the bases, you know, at all times. And, you know, that was a really big fifth inning. And like you said, it was all started by DJ. And I think a lot of what this offense does is predicated on DJ because DJ does something at the plate that most of the other bigger guys in the lineup don't do um, because a lot of them are just power guys. You know, Judge will Judge will hit, but you know Stanton, Donaldson, even you know Rizzo to some degree. They're you know they're power guys, and you need you need somebody who you know when ducks are on the pond, you, that you're not only relying on you know a guy to hit a home run. And DJ is that, so you know I, I do think his at bats are getting better. Obviously, you know had another pretty good series and a big home run in game one, and hopefully, like you said, hopefully that is you know him moving in the right direction because he's a big recipe to to the success. Yeah, and especially a guy like him who, in years past, obviously was our was our number one leadoff hitter. You know, that was a guy we always wanted a leadoff guy, and we haven't had a solidified leadoff these past couple of weeks. So, you know, hopefully, just that momentum gets him back because we've had Bowers and Torres bouncing up and down with the, with the leadoff spot. Um, Bowers, I think, has been providing just fine, but uh, you know, maybe we see DJ finally get back into that solidified spot because you know he's been literally bounced around the lineup this year just because of how 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 much he struggled. Um, and, you know, it, yeah, like it, it's it's huge for him to come back. Uh, you know, especially a guy, a three hundred hitter like that in years past, who's just been nothing but helping us win. Um, you know, it's all we need right now, especially uh, you know Stanton and Rizzo in their weird stretches right now. Um, Stanton, he had a home run in game one. He since coming off the IL, he's hitting one thirty eight. Um, it's concerning because we all love Stanton, um, home run or nothing really, uh, but. It's stretches like these that we just can't have. Um, you know, alongside with Rizzo, Rizzo's still struggling a little bit, but um, you know, we can't we can't have stretches like these right now. It's from Stan and Stan's uh, aside from the home run, I feel like Stan's kind of struggling a little bit right now. I feel like he's having a tough time at the plate. Oh yeah, totally. You could tell when he's on. I mean, I mean, well, you know, we haven't gotten into game two yet, but Verlander hung him a really bad slider. Uh, you know, it wasn't in the middle of the plate. It, w- it was up, but it was just a complete hanging slider. And when, when Stan's on, he's not, he doesn't miss that. Uh, and we saw, you know, he just totally flailed at it. You, I feel like at this point we kind of know with Stanton, he's going to go through these stretches where he doesn't look like he can hit a baseball, 
and then he's going to go through stretches where nobody can get him out. Like, he's going to hit any single baseball that you throw him. So, like, I'm kind of – I'm really used to it at this point. Is is this a good time for, you know, his struggle to be going on? Absolutely not because other than, you know, game one of this series, the offense has not been good of late. But I feel like you kind of roll with that with Stanton. I feel like that is, you know, what we have come to expect as Yankee fans because I don't think he is – he's somebody who consistently – puts good at bats together i think when he's on he hits everything and when he's not on he hits nothing yeah definitely and yeah i mean kind of just used to it at this point but um overall i mean nothing you could ask for more in game one just other than the offense finally like you like you said just stringing hits together i mean up and down the lineup higgy, higgy had two hits um you know mckinney ikf they all had hits just everyone provided there and that's that's all you could ask for glaber had another error again that's this defense is kind of becoming yeah, I mean, it led to, it led to the it led to a run and just dropping the ball on a double play. I mean, once again, like I hear Michael K talk about this all the time, and you know he says that Glaber's not lazy; he just plays freely, and when he makes a mistake, it looks lazy. Okay, fine, but it looks lazy, and <laughs> and when you make an error in a big spot, like he, like, I mean, he's made an error in a big spot two series in a row that led to runs. I mean, does it matter if he's playing freely or if it's lazy? Because to me, no, it doesn't matter. It matters that he's making these plays. I, this needs to stop. I just, I can't take it anymore. I'd rather, I'd rather see IKF out in center busting his ass to a ball and not being able to get it because he's not a good center fielder than see Glaber, you know, waltzing over to the bag and dropping the ball at second base because he just doesn't seem to care. Yeah, and the defense is the defense is Glaber's big problem and he's been he's been pretty fine all year round and then you know these past two has just been these past two errors have been just really ugly on him and on and you know we don't we can only hope that it's not Glaber checking out for the year because we see those we've seen those and it's just ugly for him and you know this is pretty this is a contract year for Glaber they literally before the year before or this past offseason they were <clears throat> hesitant on even giving him an extra what 750,000 for the for the arbitration so you know, plays like this, Glaber, you're not helping yourself on your contract here. So, you know, we can only, you know, you, you got to stop with those and run-costing plays. But, um, yeah, guys like IKF, uh, it's been going past upon uh, the series. He was pretty good, too. IKF has been providing incredibly well as a utility this this, uh, this season. And we bashed on the guy all last year, and he took it. And, I honestly, I, I, he handled it perfectly. Uh, you know, he, was, he literally got thrown in as the rental shortstop that – he took all he took all the heat and he's been playing phenomenal this year honestly in 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 a utility spot yeah uh, and and we we saw some of you know the good and the bad of him in game 2 so let, let, let's let's move yeah. to game 2 yeah Mets with a 4-3 win in extras the bullpen blew it um and you know we talked about the bullpen in game 1 and you know we we did talk about how you know they've been so good so you know you can't even really you know, be super you know, upset with how it went down. There is one piece of it that, you know, I want to talk about a little bit in terms of the bullpen, yeah. and that's Nick Ramirez pitching in the 10th. Yeah, I don't – I wasn't a big fan of the bullpen decisions, really. You had you had the day off before the series. You have a day off after the series. Yep. You know, you can pitch guys two games in a row. You go – you had King, Holmes, and Wandy available, no matter if they pitched the game before or not. You had them available. You know, thank God for Abreu shutting it down in the eighth and ninth. But you go to Abreu in that in that situation where you're in a tie game, you know, and then you go to Ramirez in the tenth when you have a runner on second against Brennan. 
Like, you can't, you can't, those are bad bullpen decisions right there. Like, those are just not good bullpen decisions. And, I mean, yes, you can use the argument where, oh, you know, I don't know if I'd rather use a guy two games in a row, but in a series against the Mets in a two-game series, yes, you use your guys two games in a row. And no matter, like, Wandy only had a few pitches in, in game one. Like, he, he got in and out of the eighth just loading the bases. That was it. It's like, it's not like he was, it's not like he was gassed. So it's, like, that was, I don't know, bad, I, I didn't like the bullpen decisions right there. That was not. I totally agree. You're not playing great baseball, and you had a chance to come into City Field and steal two. Cole pitches great, and you waste a Cole start because you don't oh, have yeah. your guys. I totally, totally agree. I mean, once again, we talked about this in the Red Sox with Abreu. The Yankees have punt games. They obviously had the had the formula coming into this game too. That we're not going to go to the big guys. They got us a win. We're okay with a split at City Field. No. <laughs> and no matter how the game turns out, they don't veer from that. Because if they were going to veer from it, it would have been last night. Verlander and Cole battle it out for six innings. A great pitching duel. Both guys look great. You're able to get a couple of runs off the bullpen late in the game to take a three-run lead and a three-one lead and. That's the time you bring in the guys. That's the time you go to Wandy. That's the time you go to Clay and, and King. The, I, I understand that it's not going to change. The Yankees' philosophy is to win the war and not the battle. But for me, you had a chance to take two games at City Field and completely bury the Mets even further than they are right now to get a little bit of momentum going into Fenway, who a team that just took two out of three from you at the stadium and made you look foolish and shoved down your throats for three straight games you couldn't score. And now you go to Fenway with a loss, with a come-from-behind loss, with a game that you should have won on cold day where your ace shoves. It's it, The optic is just so bad for me. And yeah. I know they're not going to change. I know they do this from time to time. I mean, like we see this. When they win two, the first two games in a series, they punt the next game. Like they don't they don't pitch their great guys. They'll give guys in the lineup a day off, and if they win, they win. If they lose, they lose. But like, they, and they punt these games. And to me, this one was was really annoying to me because, I'm honestly, this is biased because because Cole's my guy. But you wasted a great Cole star. No, oh, yeah, dude. Eight. Oh man, eight strikeouts, and I mean, he was no hit. He was he was perfect through four. Um, and like the fastball was untouchable. I, the, nobody could figure him out. And one earned run off of two mistake pitches to Lindor and Tommy Pham. Like those were just you know just unfortunate hits that just that just sailed over the heads of our not outfielders. Like like it it just happened. And he had uh, like you said one of the great one of the best starts uh, that he's had this year. Um, and that's why that's why after the series I just felt like eh because it was like like you punted that you threw away that game. You know, that's a game that you just can't lose right there. And they did. Um, you know, with the bullpen, it just came in. Um, uh, Jimmy Cordero loaded the bases, and then Ron gave it up. And the, if Ron gave it up, um, you know, would I have gone Ron there? You know, he's been fine. But uh, in that bases loaded situation, Ron hasn't even been in those situations like that all year. Like, he's only, he's only thrown in Ron in, like, those in, like, the games where, you know, you're up by, like, three or four runs, and, you know, you want to at least have a, your solid guy to keep it whole, keep it up, keep it, like, intact with each other, but 
And Ron hasn't even been in like those huge, huge situations so much this year. And I mean, he kind of just he got thrown into a weird spot right there, one out with with bases loaded. It was just yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, you touched on you touched on the run, the one run that Cole did give up, and Lindor Lindor kind of tattooed that ball. It was a hanging slider. Lindor kind of tattooed it, but he didn't get all of it, and it was hit to the you know pretty much to the wall in in, in, in right center. And I, I'm here to say, like, if bad Bader, play by IKF. If Bader's in center, that catch is made. And I'm not saying, like, I'm not mad at IKF for not making the catch because he's not an outfielder. He's not a center fielder. But that one really, really bothered me because Cole was absolutely shoving. He got, he did, you know, Lindor got a lot of that ball, but it was a catchable ball, and Bader would have made that catch. And this game is a lot different if that run doesn't score. And for me, I, I don't understand. I know that, you know, roster-wise, it's tough right now, but McKinney can play center, and I don't know why IKF was out there. I just don't because he's shown, you know, to be okay and good enough in the on, on the corners, but we've talked about it on the podcast before, and we're not the only people who have talked about it. He does not look, you know, good enough in the outfield to be a center fielder, which is okay because he's not an outfielder. So it's not a knock on IKF, but at the end of the day, like, I, I, I don't see how they can continue to trot him in center field. I just can't. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, he's like, you props for him for just putting it all out there. But he, yeah, like, he, he's not a center fielder. Put him in left field. You know, he doesn't have the arm for left. He doesn't have the arm. Center field is a is a shit ton of ground to cover as well. You know, if you don't have a guy like Bader or Judge or, you know, McKinney for that reason, like, it's unex- like inexperienced outfielders are not going to be able to just take center field lightly. Like, that's just, it's a, it's a hard position. Like, I'm an outfield, like, I've been, I played outfield for baseball. Like, it's a hard position. Like, it's not, like, there's a lot of ground to cover. Running straight back and, like, right, like, it, it's, it's, it's a bad position, but I mean, yeah, a little misplay right there that that um, that gave up that, and you know, even Bowers, it was just over his head on the Tommy Pham double. I mean, just and those. I felt, are... I felt that that play was tougher. Like I, I don't think that yeah, yeah. was you know a play that you know every you know normal right fielder makes. You know, some of the best would, but that one I wasn't as you know that one I wasn't as you know annoyed about. The the, the IKF one did annoy me a little bit, but. At least IKF made up for it on one of the most energetic plays that we've seen in in five years. He stole home. Wow. Oh man, that was unreal. And I mean, what that was obviously one of the best times to do it too. Because uh, who was it? Who was I think it was Brook uh, Rayleigh. I think it was. I think Brooks Rayleigh was pitching, and he he had, he was he was oblivious to it. I mean, what a what a heads up play by IKF too. I mean, just that that just kind of throws into the part where he's just been providing very well. Yeah, I mean, and he's good at those little things. He 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 is, and you know, when when nobody else is thinking about, you know, stealing home there, like you said, Brooks Raley was not thinking about it even a little bit. Yeah, I think that's going to take advantage of things like that. And I think you know, you, you you continue to say it, and you're totally right. I think him in the utility role is, you know, at least on this team and how this roster is constructed, I think that's the best place for him because he does do a lot of little things well. He does. And you know he, he he was able to show that with the with the steal of home and it was electric. It was a lot of fun to watch. You know the the steal of home is is so is so cool. It, it really and, is. And even if I mean he I mean he pretty much stole all the way all the way around. You know he stole second, throw got into center, and he you know chugged to third, and then just the next pitch he he still he steals home. So I mean absolutely great heads up baseball by by <clears throat> by IKF there, and honestly a pretty 
pretty fun stretch for him lately, and he, I think I think he's becoming a pretty like pretty favorite right now. Yeah, and you know, one more thing I did just want to touch on about this game. I mean, not really this game, but Cole. I, I think the last couple of outings for Cole have been back to Garrett Cole. And I think it's kind of gone under the radar a little bit because there's a lot of, you know, big headlines to talk about with the injuries and, you know, the offense not doing much. But, I mean, once again, I mean, Cole comes into City Field against, you know, his mentor in Houston and Justin Verlander. And, I mean, he outdueled him. He just did. He gave up less hits. You know, one of them, you know, the run, you know, like I just talked about, I don't think should have happened. You know, he had more strikeouts. He, he was dominant in this game. I mean, you said he couldn't touch the fastball. Sterling was talking about how they couldn't touch his slider. I, I, I saw a clip of, you know, him striking out uh, a Met and on a slider and Sterling saying, you know, I don't blame him for throwing it because they can't touch it. So, like, you know, he's he was absolutely dominant in this game. And, you know, the only, the only thing that, you know, people give Cole, you know, crap for consistently is, you know, that he only goes six innings, you know. But... I don't know. I, I thought this was a really, really good start for Cole. I was really, really happy with what I saw, and I think the last couple of starts, you know, have shown that you know, Cole's getting back on track. I think Cole is back to you know where he was to start the year. Yeah, and I mean, so <clears throat> I could ask for. I mean, you went head to head in a pitcher's duel against, you know, the two most most like the biggest name pitchers in New York, Justin Verlander as well. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate the offense couldn't figure him out. Typical Justin Verlander versus the Yankees, but. You know, nothing. There's no better game you could ask for from Cole right there. And I mean, that's just. I think that's where you see the dominance from Garrett Cole really start to just come in for the rest of the year because we see Gold, we see Garrett Cole like that was honestly one of the most untouchable. Like aside from the playoffs, Garrett Cole's a different in the playoffs, but that was on. That was one of the most untouchable regular season games Garrett Cole has pitched in the Yankee uniform. Yeah. There's the fact like this just the fastball just looked in control. I mean the one run, I mean he gave up to a good to Francisco Lindor, he gave up to a good hitter. So, you know, no just uh, not not a bit not a much of a better start you could have asked for from Gary Cole right there in the in a subway series. Yeah, totally. And you know, as we sit right now at the split, nine back of Tampa, like you said, we're five back of Baltimore. Um <laughs> I, keep for, I keep waiting for Baltimore to fall a little bit, and it just—it's just not happening. I know. Aaron Hicks keeps hitting fucking yeah, I think Aaron Hicks is hitting over three hundred since he's gone to Baltimore. Oh, yeah, let him have him. I, I don't, you know. Yeah, whatever. we've had our time with him, and he's done nothing, and he's finally doing something. So. Yeah. So off day today, as as you said, um, you know, so all the bullpen guys are going to be able to rest up and. Go to Fenway for three games. The, the Red Sox are now back under 500. They're 34 and 35. They're 14 back of the division. I said that I really thought we needed two or three at the stadium. We didn't get it. But we did see a little bit you know, more of an offensive uh, performance in this series than we did in the, you know, in the series at the stadium over the weekend. And the Red Sox pitching staff is not very good. So I, I kind of feel like in order for – what we did, you know, at City Field to be validated, I kind of feel like they need to, you know, have a decent offensive series here, and they need two out of three. I, I know I said that last weekend, but I feel like they they need two out of three, even though it's at Fenway. I know it's tough, but I mean, if you lose another two out of three to the last place team in the division, what what are we doing? I know, and <clears throat> um, you know, the offense like the offense only scored the offense scored. Uh, a grand total of five runs in the last series against Boston. You know, three, three, two, three, one, three, two. So the offense, like, and we're looking at the exact same lineup this time with Bader. So, you know, hopefully Bader gives us an extra push. But 
the off this is all on the offense now because I mean, like you said, the the <clears throat> the, uh, the Red Sox pitching has not been all all that impressive this year. Um, so we just need to we just we need to capitalize on with the offense. That's it. We just need the game like that we did against Max, and you know all you could ask for right there. But we got uh, Herman Schmidt Severino this weekend, uh, so. Hopefully, uh, we get some good uh, we get some good addings out of them. I'm 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 looking. I'm honestly I I'm looking forward for Domingo's start a little bit. He's he's been really good. Why wouldn't you be? You know. No, yeah. He's he really has been, and I mean he's other than Cole, he's honestly been the most consistent guy in the rotation. Yeah, definitely. But we got a nice national TV ESPN again for like the third week in a row, dude. They have this umpire cam, dude. Are you? What is your umpire cam stat? Uh, feelings on that? It's honestly annoying. It was really cool. The first, the very, the first pitch that I ever saw the camera view on, I thought it was cool. Every single one after that has continued to annoy me, to annoy me more and more. Yeah, yeah it is. Like, it, like, like once or twice every inning, sure. But like they do it like six times an inning. You're like, oh my god. They they last Sunday night uh, at the stadium against the against the Red Sox. They they did a Bowers at bat, and it was pretty much like a full Bowers at bat. And I feel like I like I felt like I couldn't watch see anything. I, I walked away feeling like I didn't <clears throat> know what just happened. In the yeah. Bat, you know how the at bat went. You know where the pitches. You know were how it looked. Like you know how he looked. Like I feel like I walked away knowing nothing about the at bat. And maybe it's just because like I'm not used to it, but no, I'm not a fan of that camp. And it's a it's a cool concept. It's just it just doesn't it's it's not right right now. I don't know. It just it doesn't it doesn't because the umpire's shaking all over the fucking place. Like when he's taking off his helmet, it just if the camera's done, you know, like you can't see anything after that. So it's like it just a cool concept, but they don't they don't really do it correctly. I'm not I'm not looking for that. But yeah, we got <clears throat> we got Tanner Hawk. Uh, uh, we got Bayo against Schmidt, and then Severino against ah oh, James Paxton. Nice, that's a it's a reunion right there. But yeah, uh, big series, big series coming up. That's all you can ask for. That one sounds like a loss to me. Severino going into Fenway right now, and Paxton at home against us. To me, that sounds like that's going to be a loss in, on Sunday night baseball again. So they better win tomorrow and Saturday. Yeah, that's literally all you could ask for, but um, nothing, literally nothing else. This is <clears throat> this is crucial uh, in Fenway. Down, you're down nine, um, nine games back. You know, you need this, and you need a Baltimore to lose. So that's and, and hopefully at some point this weekend we get a judge update. Um, it's been it's been a little bit now. Like I feel like at this point we should at least have you know more uh, because there hasn't even been like there's not even like an official injury like there hasn't even been like he's not like there's not not sprained broke like nothing there's been nothing go- like so what is he doing i'm just yeah. like it's it's hurt obviously but what's going on and if you still go on mlb.com and you look at the injury report there's no timetable for his return or like you said there's no you know actual injury like you know specific injury that they're they're talking about and i feel like it you know we've given them enough time now to you know <laughs> to figure it out and give us yeah. you know what we want to know, and I feel like we're getting to a point where we're, we're, we're we need to know. Like this is it's getting a little odd to me and a little concerning that you know we still haven't heard nothing from Judge. It's almost like they're kind of shoving it under the rug and you know hoping that we just stop talking about it. Yeah, because I, I mean, what if it's like what if it's pretty serious? What if it was like a broken foot and they just didn't want to say that? You know, like what yeah. if that? Who knows? Like that? Like it's just it's kind of getting agitating when you don't know what you're like. I'd rather know. If he was injured and not just be expecting him to come back any day, and then just not like 
it's been two it's been almost two weeks now and you know he said it's not he said he doesn't think it's broken but it like what's going on like who knows but um yeah baltimore baltimore is finishing up their game against toronto and then they got chicago coming up so really we just need them to go on a big fat losing streak i don't know that's it one more one more quick thing before we go uh bader if, if he's gonna come back who do you think who do you think they send down right now oh man uh i kind of wonder it's really between waldo again or I wonder if they go maybe calhoun because i i mean willie's been i i, I feel like i no but i, I, I don't see it being willie no well no definitely not i'd probably not but i mean honestly waldo maybe waldo would would be the top candidate for me and i, also I feel like if it, it i'm sorry be, i think it would be him or mckinney honestly i know mckinney's given us a spark but uh, i thought it i think bowers is hitting too well like yeah i know i i would say i would say really so yeah i would say it would go uh wall i thought it would go waldo willie mckinney bowers like from highest to least like chances but i don't know i feel like i, I feel like mckinney's just been like providing like well really yeah, he's he's given good at bats and he's played solid defense. But I, I I think I think long term I think they like Willie for you know to hit against right handers who, who throw a lot of fastballs because the numbers, yeah. numbers for Willie against fastballs from right handers are really good. But I but honestly I think it's mute because I, we both agree that we think Waldo's the top candidate to be to be out. I mean they're not even really playing him, so like no yeah no. So I it probably will end up being him. Yeah, I mean, who knows? But I mean, I thought—I don't know. I thought it'd be Willie. I feel like I haven't really seen a whole lot from Willie. He had a home run the other day, but other than that, no. I, I thought, honestly, I thought Willie would kind of have a chance of being the odd man. But, but yeah, I mean, I don't care. Bader's coming back. That's all we need. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I guess you know. I guess we'll see if you know if if they, if they do activate him tomorrow. You know, I wonder if they're going to activate him for game one of the series or if, you know, maybe he comes. No, yeah, he's, play, he's playing Friday. Oh, he's playing Friday. They said he's going to play Friday. He's playing Friday. So I guess we'll see probably tomorrow. They probably won't make a roster move today. They'll probably wait until tomorrow. I guess we'll see, you know, what happens. If it is Waldo, you know, again, I hope he <laughs> he's able to go down and figure it out because I think he still is part of the, you know, the long-term the long term vision for no. but. All right, that is going to wrap it up for the Bronx Lounge podcast. We will be back, you know, at you guys Monday morning following the three-game series at Fenway. Once again, the Yankees split with the New York Mets in City Field. And that is going to do it. That's Keith. I'm Cav. We'll see you guys on Monday to wrap up the Red Sox series in Fenway. Let's go, Yanks. Yanks.